So this month of February is our month of developing strength. It's our month of strength. It's our month of growth. Our focus and emphasis in this month of February is on developing capacity, right, for that which God wants to do in our lives in this year 2023. But I want to start out by saying this morning in Isaiah 43 and verse 19, God's saying to the children of Israel, and I also believe by extension to us, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. He says, shall you not know it? He said, it will spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness, and I will cause rivers to flow in the desert. I pray for you that in this month of February, God will do something new in your life. In the name of Jesus. You know, when he uses the word spring forth, you know, to spring forth simply means it will happen suddenly. It will happen unexpectedly. And that which is going to happen is going to be unprecedented. It's going to be overwhelming. I pray for you that in this month of February, there will be a springing forth of new things. In your business, in your career, in your family, in your finances, in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that in this month of February, the old will give way for the new. In the name of Jesus. The old will give way for the new. The old will give way for the new. In the name of Jesus. If you believe and receive it, why don't you say very big amen? amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 in verse 1 to 10, on Wednesday, we already started the discourse at the midweek, which had been the 1st of February. That was on Wednesday. I made reference to this scripture, so this morning I want us to see it. 1 Kings chapter 2. And verse 1 to 10. So we're going to start out from there this morning. 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1 to 10. 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1 to 10. I want us to read it together. It's on the screen. So I want us to read it together at my pace. Let's go. Now, the days of David drew now that he should die. That's not everybody. Are we ready now? Clear your truth. <coughs> All right. So are we ready now? All right. So let your voice be heard. One to go. Now, the days of David drew now that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do. And whatsoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If thy children take it to their way, to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, Unto Abner, the son of Nah, and unto Amasa, the son of Jetha, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes there were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his or head go down to the grave in peace, but show, the, show kindness unto the sons of Bazili, the Gileadite. And let them be of those that eat at thy table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite of Bahurim, which cost me with a grievous cause. 
in the day which I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou ought to do unto him. But his head bring thou down to the grave with blood. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. May the Lord bless reading of his words in Jesus' name. So like I established at the Midweek Church on Sunday, um, on Wednesday, if you miss that service, I'd encourage you to get the message and listen to it. Anytime you miss a service in the Gateway Church, always ensure you listen to the message. I hear what I'm saying because every message is a build up on the other, especially when we're doing a series. So I mentioned at the Midweek Church that the words a man speaks, most especially at the departure lounge of life, is very critical. So the Bible tells us here that David was about to die. And he called the son who was about to ascend the throne, right, to replace him in rulership. And out of everything that David could have told the son, maybe financial management, you know, tell him to do this and all that. The first thing David told the son is, be strong thereof and show yourself a man. Now, the word man here, of course, Solomon, we already know he's a man. But what he was saying here is that show yourself as a matured person. Show yourself that you have grown, you have come into adulthood. Let it be obvious that this throne you are about to ascend is not just a gift. That is a function of meritocracy, right? And not a function of sentiment. And he told him that how you are going to prove that is by being strong. By being strong. He could have told him to be any other thing. But the words that he spoke are very critical. And you see, when you look at the Gospels also, you notice that there were certain things that Jesus said when he was about to be caught up into the heavens. There were certain things he started talking about, emphasizing a few weeks of his crucifixion. But after the, you know, his burial and resurrection, before the ascension, there were certain things he was emphasizing, right, to the disciples. So we need to pay attention to the words, especially of a strong personality, when their time is winding up that's why i strongly believe you know we live in a world today where a lot of values are being flipped on his head one of the things that are being flipped is value for um respect and value for the elderly so you see today in the last couple of years there's been a lot of dragging right of the elderly of older people of people who seem to be up there there's a lot of, you know, despise going on right now for people that are elderly. And let me tell you this, there are certain things that no matter how successful someone is, as long as they are still in their prime of life, they can never know. It takes an elderly person to tell you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why one of the things I find most valuable is spending time with older people. I spend more time with people that are older than me than the people that are my peers or younger than me. <laughs> because most of the things I need to learn... I can only learn it from the people that have lived their life. So David, having been a successful leader of Israel, because the, his predecessor, Sam, um, Saul, was not successful in that sense. God literally tore the throne away from him. But David was someone that he died, as it were. He had lived out his days. He had fulfilled the number of his days. And so this is a man that when he's speaking, you should listen to. So, in essence, what he was also trying to tell Solomon is, this is how I have lasted. 
And if they are also going to last, you must be strong. It simply means there are certain areas of your life where you cannot afford to be weak. There are certain areas of your life where you can't afford to show weakness. And as believers, we also need to realize that the same instruction that was given here is also given to us. Because the Bible says the things that were written at four times, they were written for our learning. Written for our learning. So in scriptures, there are certain things that when it's documented, you may not literally see an instruction there. But when you see the way people conduct their lives and you realize it's in alignment with God's word and principles, then you should learn from it. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So we need to get to that point when we realize that the fulfillment of God's plan and purposes for our lives can never come to pass if we are not strong, if we don't develop strength. That's why in 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 3, the Bible says, And they said unto him, Thus yet Ezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy. For the children are come to birth and there is no strength to bring forth. The children are come to birth. But there is no strength to bring forth. It simply means they have gotten to a birthing place. And there are several things you and I may want to birth this year. For someone, you may want to birth a business. For another person, you may want to birth a family. Different things may be in the womb of our spirit that you want to birth. But the Bible is saying that this is a day of trouble. For a man to get to a point in his life where he knows he has that conviction and every circumstance around him is pointing to the fact that you should have crossed this season and yet there is no strength to bring forth. How many things have you tried to do? How many goals have you tried to reach? How many targets have you tried to exceed over the years that you've not been able to reach, that you've not been able to exceed? The reason is not always because the devil is at work. Sometimes it's because you don't have the strength to bath what God wants to do in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because according to God's standards, see, let me tell you this. God, you know, a lot of times people are caught in between the ideology of which one is better, capitalism, you know, or socialism, or communism. But if you study your Bible, you will realize God is a capitalist. Are you hear what I'm saying? What does that mean? God believes in meritocracy. If you are not qualified for something, no matter how much you pray in tongues, God will not give it to you. That's why we see in Matthew chapter 25. The Bible says that he gave one five talents, he gave another two talents. And he gave to one, just one talent, according to their several ability. Not according to how much they prayed. They were all servants. It says the master gave to his servant. So it simply means they all had the relationship with the man that gave them the talent. So he didn't say, oh, according to how much, you know, they had the relationship with the master. He said, according to their ability. So having a relationship with God is one thing. Having ability is another thing. Let me tell you this, ability cannot be imparted. Ability cannot be transferred through laying on of hands, in a sense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I making sense this morning? Yes, I'm looking at me as if I'm speaking over your head. Am I speaking too fast? I don't think so. Praise God. So we need to develop strength in this month. Because as it were, even though the year is not, no longer a new year, but relatively still a new year, there is still enough time to cause correct, to make sudden changes. And God has said to us that this is our glory days. And like I've told us, glory simply means the visible. And some might want to write this down in contemporary language and to aid our understanding. Glory, you see, is not just a bright light. Like we see in the Old Testament when it said the glory of God was made manifest, you see, and all those things. Glory, right, in contemporary times is the visible and outstanding success of a thing or a person. 
So that's why the best illustration I've used over the time, over the weeks, is the glory of the sun. The glory of the sun is when, it's not that the sun is not always shining. But there is a time of the day that you see the sun at its fullest. In its manifestation. I hear what I'm saying. So glory is also an obvious manifestation. And the realization of potentials. So I'm going to go over that again. Glory is visible and outstanding growth or success. Glory is visible and outstanding growth or success. It is obvious manifestation and the realization of your potentials. It simply means that when you begin to live in the fullness of the deposits of heaven on the inside of you, then we can say that you are beginning to live in your glory days. I hear what I'm saying. So why do we need strength? Why do we need strength? I'm going to run through some of it quickly as we have already established at the midweek recharge. I'm not going to emphasize, you know, or go deep into it because there are a couple of things I want to cover this morning. But just go and scan through some of it. Why do you need strength? Because if you don't know the why, you will not be dogged in the pursuit of the what. If you don't know why. You see, the reason why we don't prioritize a lot of things is because we don't even know why. Why is it important? Why is it necessary? Why? Why? <laughs> oh dear. So why do we need strength? Number one, I already mentioned it takes strength to bath greatness. It takes strength to bath your destiny. Weak people don't become great. Weak people don't amount to much. Am I making sense this morning? And so, thank God for the things you are believing God for. Thank God for the things you want to achieve this year. But many of those things will happen in a direct proportion to the strength that you have built or developed. We also need strength because a lack of strength makes you a victim in life and the marketplace. That's why in Luke 11, 21 to 22, it says, When a strong man armed keeps his palace... His goods are in peace, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he shall take from him all his armor, wearing a trust, and he will divide his spoil. I remember growing up many years ago, anytime I see this scripture, when the scripture is quoted, it's always quoted in the context of the devil is a strong man. And so to get what is in the hand of the devil, you have to bind the devil. That's not what the Bible is saying here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because in the first place, you need, okay, let me just put it this way. You can be the stronger person and the devil can be the stronger person in your life. It's your choice. It's your choice. So he says, when a strong man arm keep his palace. So it simply means you also need strength to keep what is yours. You need strength to preserve what you have been given. Also realize that you need strength because demons are attracted to weakness. That's why Jesus said that have, uh, 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 when you cast out the devil out of a man, it says that devil will come back to check, right, if that place is free. If no strength has been developed. He said now, the demon will realize because there's a measure of strength that, cast, that you know, casted it out. So it will look for seven more wicked, that is more powerful demons. And they will come. And the Bible says that the end of that man will be worse than the beginning. That's why I said at the midweek church, I'm going to say it again. The worst thing that can happen to some people is deliverance. You see, it is better not to be delivered from what you don't want to develop capacity to sustain. Because when you are delivered from something, and that is why when a lot of people are healed miraculously, right? Maybe at a meeting, something happens supernaturally, and they don't develop capacity to maintain it. Oftentimes, they always lose that thing. And that's why sometimes we say, oh, that miracle was not real. 
He came back five months later. It's not that it was not real. It's that the recipients did not develop the capacity to sustain and maintain it. Am I making sense this morning? Next, you need to develop strength. Because your strength, your strength level determines what you can be entrusted with by God and man. Your strength level determines what you can be entrusted with by God and man. That's why the master did not give five talents to all the servants. He would have said, oh, as being a fair man, as being a nice master, let me give to everybody equally. No, it doesn't work like that. That's why I said God is a capitalist. God is not sentimental. Everybody can be praying the same way, but what you receive is likely dependent on your capacity. I hear what I'm saying. That's why sometimes it seems as if you see some people, they are praying so much. In fact, their prayer is more. But you can see sometimes it seems as if this person is not praying that much. And sometimes a lot of believers are, are, are troubled by that. <sighs> Am I not praying enough? You have prayed enough because God is not deaf. The problem is, are you building, or the question is, are you building capacity? Are you developing the strength? Are you developing the strength required to match what you are praying for? Am I making sense this morning? Also, you need to develop strength. Because without strength, you cannot do the will of God. How many people know what they are supposed to? I didn't mention that at the middle of the church, so if you are at the middle of the church, please write that down. You need strength to fulfill the will and the instructions of God. That's why you see that in the words of David, when he said, Be thou strong, therefore, if you can have that scripture back on the screen, let's have it. First Kings chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Let's have it back on the screen so we can see it. It says, now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of, way of the earth, be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. And what? Can you see that after that man is not a full stop? What's there? So it simply means that the next statement is dependent on the previous statement. It says, and keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written. So it takes strength to do what God told you. How many people know what they are supposed to do, but they never do it? Let me tell you this. There is nobody that has been in church that is saved that does not know the difference between sin and righteousness. There is nobody that does not know that stealing is wrong. I hear what I'm saying. But there is no inward strength to match the convictions people have. That's why they don't do the right thing. How many people do you see? see, There are are people that are not even saved that they already know that this is right and this is wrong. These are things that I should not do. How many people go into office, political office with good intentions? But when they get there, they are so surprised (laughs) that what they thought the place required requires more than what they were bringing there. That's why you see a lot of see good intentions don't, don't win in life. You need also equal strength to match your intentions. Am I making sense? So that thing that you want to do, that thing God has instructed you to do. You see, the amazing thing is that when God is speaking to us, you know the reason why a lot of people disobey? You are the only one that knows he's speaking to you. Only God knows how many things that God has told every one of us individually to do this year, but that you've not done. You know why you didn't do it? There's no strength. There's no strength to do the will. There's no capacity to do what God has told you. Because when the strength is there, that's why you see certain people, it's easier for them to do something that is difficult for most people to do. How many people will you tell you have been waiting for a child for 25 years or maybe more than that, and God now gave you the child? You now tell the, child, the man, go and sacrifice that son. You will first bind that voice. The voice you have recognized is the voice of God. 
Say, maybe the devil is now speaking in the voice of God. You know, like Jacob appeared like you saw. That the devil has recognized the voice of God. He now knows how to change his voice. This must be the devil. It was strength. And let me tell you this. The person that most people don't turn the spotlight on in that story, in that account, is Isaac. Isaac had greater strength. Because Isaac was not disillusioned. He knew he was the sacrifice. Abraham was already, a, a, you know, he was a very old at this point in his life. And when Isaac asked him, the first time Isaac was suspicious, he said, Dad, I can see the light. I can see the stick. Where is the sacrifice? He said, the Lord will provide. You don't know you are the provision. <laughs> and the Bible says that he put him on the altar and tied him. How strong was Abraham that was able to overcome a young man? So it simply means that Isaac himself offered himself willingly. What did he see? What did he know? What was his conviction? To know that even if my father kills me, ah, and after they came back from the place of sacrifice, after God delivered him, he was not straight from his father. He didn't run away from his father. If he were the one, would you run away from him? In case that inspiration, that wave of instruction can come again. <laughs> that maybe one day they will not even say we should go somewhere. It will be in the night. We will just stab you on the bed. <laughs> so it takes a measure of strength for him because it was not only Abraham that obeyed God. Isaac also obeyed God in that equation. And let me tell you this. Everything God wants to do in your life, he will do it through an instruction. Every change that we happen in your life will happen on the vehicle of an instruction. See, a lot of people are asking God for things, making God seem unfaithful. But God has already given instructions, do this, do that. But people don't do it. And they're saying, God, where are you? <laughs> Imagine after God, Jesus already knew he was going to be crucified. But you see, when he was on Calvary's cross and in the garden of Gethsemane, his strength level was also tested. Let me tell you this, life will test your strength level. That's why the Bible says that Jesus himself at the point, he said, ah, I wish this cup can be taken away. He said, but nevertheless, your will be done. That was the test of his strength. Jesus would have said, oh, Baba God, he's dying of a sin. I don't think it will work. You know, <laughs> I don't think it will work. But his strength came into play. How many things have you tried to do? You're already in transit and you turn back. I say, you know what we now tell ourselves? We say, even God understands. How many times have you said that? You say you are going to fast. I will fast till 6 p.m. But when it's 12 midday, your eyes begin to turn on you. You say, ah, God, you understand. I will do it tomorrow. He also understands that you don't have strength. That's why he says if you fail in the days of adversity, you are made of inferior material. That's how the message translation puts it. I think that should be Proverbs 24 and verse 10. He says if you fail, people don't fail because of trials. They fail because of lack of strength. He said, if you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is small. Because everybody will face adversity in life, whether you like it or not. That's why I love the Bible. It's so balanced. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You see, the gospel that people hear, they say, ah, come to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, you will have no trouble. It's a lie. It's not the gospel. Because Jesus himself said, you will have tribulation. He said, but the consolation is this. He said, cheer up. I have overcome the world. So you are not fighting in your strength. You are fighting in my own strength. You are not fighting to win. You are fighting from victory. Am I making sense? So we need to realize that. We need to realize that. So why do you need strength? You need strength to fulfill the will of God. And also we need to develop strength because it is a commandment. It is a commandment. Joshua 1 and verse 6 to 9. In that passage you see God told Joshua like three or four times. He said be strong. 
and be of good courage. And in the ninth verse, he says, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Go to the ninth verse. Just skip to the ninth verse, all right. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong. So for the believer, developing strength is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. See, as a believer, if you don't develop strength, you don't develop spiritual strength, you don't develop financial strength, you don't develop social strength, we're going to cover by God's grace in this month of February, all those things. You don't develop strength in the critical areas of your life. You will live a very frustrated Christian life. I can guarantee you that. I'm telling you that. That's why a lot of believers are frustrated. See, there are things, for instance, developing spiritual strength, you need to pray. But there are things you don't pray. There are certain strengths you don't pray. Imagine you go to the gym. Everybody's carrying weights. And I say, no, me, I don't need to carry that. Rahaba, shaha, kambaha, just send you out quickly. It's not, you don't develop physical strength by tongues. That's why even the Bible recognizes, it says bodily exercise. It says there is a profit in it. Even though it is little, but there is profit. There is profit. A lot of people want to live long, but they don't pay attention to what is going through their mouth. Many people are digging their grave more with fork and knife than with shovel. Every day is a slow death. Slow poison. Every day. And so when the effect now shows suddenly, what you did over the years, you cannot reverse in a year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes when I have conversations with people, just be like, uh, for instance, my own diet this year has changed drastically. Dr- as in seriously, drastically. There's a time of the day that I've set as a goal this year, swallow will no longer enter my mouth. Why do you think certain people live longer in certain parts of the world and they don't have faith? It's because of what they eat. See, if you can cut out certain things from your diet, you will live longer. Things like meat. You go to the restaurant and say, oh, oh, no, it's not even a restaurant, it's buka. <laughs> say rice, 100 naira. This one, 50 naira. Error, orishi, orishi. Orishi, orishi, Say 1,000. Ah, you say that guy is a rich man. He's a stupid man. Stupid man. Hmm. I digress. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so the cardinal key to developing strength is growth. When you grow, you become stronger when you grow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Strength comes with growth. There are certain things that no matter how much you feed a five-year-old, the five except the child is Popeye. Remember Popeye? Did you watch that cartoon? You didn't watch it growing up? What did you watch? Popeye will take spinach and suddenly it will just grow bigger with bigger muscles. Carry things and just throw it. Life does not work like that. No matter how much you feed a five-year-old, the five-year-old can carry this speaker. Never. But when the child grows, when the child grows, it will get to a point. What was once a challenge? Haven't you noticed that there were things years ago that was a challenge to you? But now that you have grown, first thing looks so small. That is the same way it happens in other areas of life. That's why what looks to you like a mountain, when you grow in that area, over time it will look so small. You know that what some people shed tears over is what some people smile over. What some people go through and they, sc- they are all over the place. People just go through it and it's a walkover. It's strength, which is determined by growth. I hear what I'm saying. Somebody loses one million naira. 
and commit suicide, or is planning to commit suicide. And that person loses 10 billion. He's still going on vacation. The difference is strength. The difference is strength. It's emotional strength. So you need to grow. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, grow up. I want to see something in Exodus 23 and verse 29 to 30. Exodus 23. Exodus 23. I strongly believe one of God's plans for us this year as a church is for people to come into the place of maturity. And that's why a lot of things, if you check our schedule and calendar for the year, you will see that our year has been structured deliberately for growth. Exodus 23, verse 29, 29, 29, 29 and 30. 23 and verse 29 and 30. I want us to read it together. It's a confirmation of what I've been saying in the last couple of minutes. Are we ready? Can we read it together? Want to go out loud? I will not drive them away. Please, let's go to verse 28. Let's start from verse 28. Let's start from, so that we have a full understanding. Backtrack, go to verse 27. Go to verse 27, please. Verse 27. Okay, let's read together. Want to go? I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs unto you. And I will send honest before you. We shall drive out the Evites, the Canaanites, and the Etites from before you. Verse 29. I will not drive them out from before you in one year. Please let's leave the scripture there. So God is telling the children of Israel, this is when he was about to give them the land he had promised. So he's saying that I will move on your behalf supernaturally. I will make things happen. However, the fact that I'm doing things supernaturally does not mean I will still give everything to you in one year. So let me tell you, no matter how much you pray, there are certain things that will not happen immediately. They will only happen eventually. If you don't understand that as a Christian, you will think you don't have faith and you'll be very frustrated. God, where are you? I've been fasting. Your fast will not change his program. It will not. Because he knows you don't have the capacity for it. Now, let's keep reading. He says, lest the land become what? Desolate. And the beast of the field multiply against you. Verse 30. He says, by little and little, I will drive them out from before you. Until what? Until you have increased and inherit the land. You will never enter into certain inheritance until you increase. Until you grow. Am I making sense? No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you do, any other thing you're doing, if you don't grow, certain things will not happen. So your breakthrough is waiting for your growth. Your promotion is waiting for your... You know how to go to the next level in life, how to grow your current level. A child does not need to pray to God. Huh? A child that's growing up in an environment, a normal environment where there are resources and everything is normal, does not need to beg the parents, change my clothes or change my shoe. What does a child need to do to have a change of clothes or change of shoe? Just grow. It's the parent that will say, ah, this cloth has gotten too small. Though. We need to buy another cloth. Same way in the realm of the spirit. See, there are certain things, sometimes the way I hear as Africans, the way we pray, we have developed, in fact, we are skillful in prayer points. Very skillful. Very skillful. But it seems as if the more we pray, and the more strategic we are in the place of prayer, the lesser certain things are happening. Because there are things you don't pray for, you just grow into. No matter how much you like your son, you can't give, and you have all the resources in this world, you can't give the kids to a G-Wagon, or to a seven-year-old. That's not being nice, that's being stupid. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you and I know God is not stupid. Our God is not a stupid God. 
So there are certain things that if you don't grow into, you'll be praying for it. God will say, grow, grow, grow. It's not prayer. Grow. Grow. So until you have increased, he says you can't inherit the land. So he will be giving you little by little. And you know, little is contextual. For some people, 10 naira is little. For some people, 1,000 naira is little. For some people, 1 million naira is little. For some people, 10 million naira is little. So the little you are receiving little by little is dependent on your strength and capacity. Some people, they are trusting God maybe for 10 billion. God will first give them 100 million. You think, ah, what did God do? That is still little in their capacity. But you, that 100 million, they give you, you may run mad. Not that you become naked on the streets, but from your decision, we can see madness. Because the person that was saying before, now, the babes you could not talk to before. Now, hey, babe, what's up? <laughs> now, money has given you confidence. That's a fool's confidence. Because the day that money leaves, your confidence disappears. So now you can go to places that normally you know should not be going at this season of your life. You can now enter store. Watches you don't need. How much is that? I say it's seven fifty. So it doesn't matter. Bring it. You don't even price it. That's madness. And you don't. You know you don't have the. You see. Let me tell you one of the ways you know you have not grown. When money comes into your hand, the first thing you are thinking of is expenditure. You are still a child. Because when you give a child money, what does a child think of first? Sweets, biscuit, chocolate. But for you, it has changed. His iPhone, his bag, his shoe. That's still a child. You just grew old. You didn't grow up. And there's a difference between the two. There is growing old and there is growing up. Growing old is physiological. Growing up is psychological. So there are many old people uh, in age, but still very small in thinking and in growth. So ask your neighbor once again, are you growing? Are you growing? Are you growing? In Psalms 18 and verse 17, Psalms chapter 18 and verse 17, Psalms 18 and verse 17, Psalms chapter 18 and verse 17. Can we have it please? Psalms 18 and verse 17. Psalms 18 and verse 17. Can we read together one to go? It delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. So David being king still acknowledged some people were stronger than him. See, in life you need to understand that one of the ways you can place yourself as a disadvantage is to lie to yourself about your capacity. A lot of people say they are worth what they know they are not worth. It's not that they say it in words, they say it in their address. They say it in their desire. You know, the Bible says the desire of the slothful kills him. It's his desire, but that desire is killing him. He says because his hand has refused to labor. We see you, you look like a million bucks, but your account is 10 naira. In fact, the balance is a negative because they have removed bank charges. So David said, he delivered me from my strong game. You must acknowledge your strength part time. Because if you are living in denial, you will never grow where you are supposed to be growing. If you are light and you say you are heavy, you know, that's the proverb where I come from. So if you are light, you see, many people have even missed destiny helpers simply because they have refused to acknowledge and be honest about their strength level. You are competing with the people that should be helping you. 
You go to a mentor and you are sharing testimony. You know, sir, you know, we just... And they'll be smiling. Wow, wow, awesome, 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 awesome. So you live emptier instead of living fuller. I'll never forget. You must have heard me say this several times. The Holy Spirit told me I was on campus many years ago. He said, it is better to be a fool among wise men than to be the only wise man among fools. When I'm around my mentors, I'm a fool. You think I don't know anything. Because that's not the place to be talking. But many people want to look so smart and so wise. So they'll be sharing testimonies. The testimony that they have experienced 20 years ago, you are sharing. You are trying to impress them out of your low self-esteem. But they are not impressed. May the Lord give you understanding. Necessary areas of growth that culminate in strength. Number one, grow in your commitment. Grow in your commitment. One of the hallmarks of growth is increasing commitment. The more you grow, the more your commitment increases. That's why there are certain things a secondary school student never thinks about. There are certain things a university student never thinks about. But the moment you graduate, you start working. Do you notice that there are things you start thinking about? You start thinking of bills. You start thinking of outstretch. Why? Because you are growing, so your commitment is increasing. Growing your commitment. A lot of people run away from commitment. When you are running away from commitment, you are also running away from the strength you should develop. See, let me tell you this. Commitment builds your muscles. Am I making sense? Commitment does what? It builds your muscles. You know, children are hardly committed to anything. That's why you tell a child, go do the dishes. The child will go there. You see the child will start. Five minutes later, the child has abandoned the plates. Is doing something else. Because children are never committed. How we know that you are growing is that your commitment level increases. We can see you staying with things. Not jumping from pillar to post. Not starting one business today. You sell pure water today. Next month, you are selling iron rod. Day after that, you are selling wig. The day we now want to buy wig from you, you are now selling books. You don't even sell books. Who buys books? What do they sell now? Are you guys selling? Shoe. No commitment. Perfume. <laughs> you just keep moving. Oh, is it everybody that's selling perfume oil now? Is it a thing now? <laughs> Organic what? Organic cream. Everybody wants to be light. Yeah. No wonder people are missing the answer to their prayers. Because they never they have shown the angel the picture. This is the person you are going to deliver the answer to. So the angel will now get there. It's not the person. <laughs> because you have changed. Praise God. They didn't tell the angel that by the time he arrives, it have become a lighter version. Brighter version. <laughs> Brighter grammar. <laughs> so growing your commitment. Growing your commitment. Growing your commitment. The reason why we all call on God and why he's God is because God is ever committed. You have that assurance that the God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why you call upon him. That's commitment. That's why I think Hebrews 12 or Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. He says, I will not, 13 and verse 5. He says, I will not leave you or forsake you. That's commitment. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. So no matter what you do as a believer... God is ever with you. That's why Jonah, even in his disobedience, God was with him. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's commitment. God's love is not conditional. Now, that does not mean that his love for you will determine your eternity if you make the wrong choice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that's how some people have been teaching grace now. It does not matter what you do. The grace of God covers your past, your present, and your future sins. Why do you know? Hell is real. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you have the faulty ideology of grace in this house, you better get in straight. The Bible says we cannot continue in sin and say grace will abound. So his commitment will never make him ignore his principles and his word. No, it won't. It is his commitment that makes us know the sun will come out every day. That's why he said, as long as the sun cannot be stopped from rising, he said, my covenant with David cannot be reversed. It's commitment. That's how we know you are growing. Your commitment increases. Number one, your commitment to God. Your commitment to God and to the things of God. Your commitment to God and to the things of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Commitment to God. How committed are you? Is your commitment this year, since this year started, is it, this, is it still at the same level as your commitment to God and to the things of the kingdom? The way it was last year. It means you are not growing. And you see, commitment is a decision, is a choice. It doesn't come through impartation. When you see people that are committed to God, they didn't lay hands on them or lay body or lay leg. They receive commitment. No, they don't receive it. You choose commitment. You choose it. That's why it says, you shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God. Next is commitment to service. Commitment to service. Exodus 23 and verse 25. It says, you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless your bread and your water and he will take sickness away from the midst of you. Commitment to service. You shall serve the Lord your God. Make up your mind this year that you'll be committed to God's service. You can serve God with your time, serve him with your resources, serve him with your expertise, serve him with your thoughts. But to say you are a Christian and you are not interested in serving God, you are not growing. We understand. We have nothing against you, but we are encouraging you to grow. Grow. Imagine if everybody was at your level of commitment to the things of God. Just imagine. Just imagine. If everybody were serving God the way you are serving him, just imagine. Next is commitment to soul winning. That's one of the ways we know you are growing as a believer. Commitment to soul winning. Commitment. To, you know, when you talk about soul, some people are like, ah, I don't know what, what people will say. Or, you know, ah, I don't now talk to someone, and they will now give you a ah. How many of us remember Ella? They reject you. Ella come. Or they'll reject you. That's what that simply means. You see. Let me tell you this. If you're a guy and you've ever been in a relationship, huh? I don't believe you that you can't win souls. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That you've ever had a baby in your life. And you say you cannot win souls. Only run near, you are a liar. You are a pathological liar. Because how did you convince that babe, huh? To be yours? Valentine is coming. Where is your girlfriend? <laughs> you know, so anybody can win souls. Anybody can. Let me tell you something. I know over time, because I'm getting used to it, there are things that, 
Even me at a point when I say I used to be scared years ago because I'll be like, I hope this is no heresy. But over the years, I will now hear certain people in the body of Christ say it because I know it's a grace. It comes with the teaching gift. Soul winning is not what we think soul winning is. What is the soul? The mind, the will, and the emotions. What we call soul winning, that we have come to get used to as soul winning, is spirit conversion. It's not soul winning. Soul winning is a process. That's why you see that there are many people who have given their lives to Christ in this country, but it has not changed anything in so many instances. Why? Because their spirit has been converted. Their soul has not been won. Soul winning is a process of changing the way people think to align with God's word. Because your soul comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. If your thinking does not align with God's word, your spirit has been converted, but your soul has not been saved. That's why in Romans 12 and verse 2, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Next is commitment to prayers. Commitment to prayers. If you are going to grow as a believer, you must learn to be committed to prayers. Commitment to prayers, especially kingdom advancement prayers. If every time you are praying, your prayer is all about yourself, you are not growing. That's why we have a template in this house. Anytime we want to pray, whether it is online, in public prayer or service prayer, the kingdom will always come for you. You may not like it, but we shall continue to do that. That's our template. And I see sometimes people make a fool of it, or maybe of themselves. When you hear people to pray for others, or pray for the kingdom, you will see that there is no passion. When I say pray, that before the end of this month, you see people's voice go, you are deceiving yourself. Matthew 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added. You know the reason you are exerting too much energy in the place of prayers? You are not putting the kingdom first in your prayers. As a reason. Why don't you decide to give it a shot for six months and see how your life will turn around? The Bible says concerning Job, I think that should be Job chapter, chapter 42, there about verse 10. Please cross check. Job 42 and verse 10. I'm not sure, but I know it's chapter 42. The Bible says, and the Lord turned around the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Ah. And the Lord turned around what? The captivity of Job. When he did what? Prayed for himself. No, when he prayed for his friend. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You want to know one of the secrets to Abraham's life was Abraham was someone that was an intercessor. Even the people that betrayed him, the stupid boy Lot, that should have been a nobody. You told him to choose. It was saying, this uncle, I don't care how he ends up, where should I choose? He chose a good place. He ran into trouble. For you to know that it was a character issue. Ah, huh? After he chose the place and he left, the day war came and they took him as a captive. Abraham still went to rescue him. There was never any mention that Lord came back to say thank you. Still, the day God showed up and said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says Abraham was interceding on his behalf. You know what intercession is? Praying for people that will never know you prayed for them. Intercession is not, you say, ah, Sister Eli, I prayed for you yesterday. If I when I was praying, the only ghost said I should tell you, Uncle, keep your prayer to yourself. That's not, that's not intercession. For many intercessors, it is in heaven we will know that certain things that happened in our lives happened to us as a result of their prayer. That's intercession. Abraham never had that conversation with Lot. That Lot, it is me that did not allow you to die in the fire of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, but Jonathan, anything? He never had that conversation. You never had that conversation. That's intercession. Commitment to prayers. 
especially kingdom advancement prayers. When last did you pray for souls to be one? When last did you pray for your church service? Did you even pray for yourself coming to church that God, as I go to church today, speak to me? You know the reason people get offended during the message? A pastor spoke to me. It was me pastor was using to preach. Who else should I use to preach? I hear what I'm saying. I should talk to a stranger that has no idea of what I'm saying. For you to feel like I spoke to it means God is the one speaking to you. He knows what. You see, you know, I've always said it. A time is going to come that I'm going to stop counseling. Because sometimes, if you've counseled someone and you want to say something, you want to go in a direction, especially if you're a very sensitive pastor, you will think, ah, I don't want this person to think I'm using them to preach. And sometimes, some of those things is, a, is going to be a blessing to so many other people. So when I stop it, please understand that's the reason why. Because that's going to happen, happen very soon. We will train people that can counsel in the church, right? So when you need counseling, you talk to them. So I can be free. You see anything I want to say? Because people get offended when a pastor addresses their issue. You know why? Because they did not even pray for God to speak to them. So when God is speaking to them, they think he's a man that is attacking them. So is it the person that did not pray that God should speak to him, that we pray that God should speak to others? Think about it. Also, you grow by being committed to fellowship. 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 You are as weak as your level of connection. The more isolated you are as a believer, the weaker you become. The next area in which you need to grow is in sensitivity. 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 As a believer, you are also as strong as your level of sensitivity. See, God is always speaking, but men are not always hearing. Because our spirit man is not tuned to the frequency of God. And one of the ways to increase your sensitivity as a believer is worship. Is worship. Is worship. And please note, worship is not a slow version of praise. I worship you. Ah, we are worshiping. I worship you. Ah, that's praise. No, that's not what praise and worship is. Worship is not slow version of the songs we sing in church. And that's what many people believe worship is. Say, ah, the song, we have, now, we have now moved to worship. So the song is now slow. That's not what worship is. So what is worship? Worship is the feeling and expression of reverence and adoration to a deity. That's what worship is. It is the consistent acknowledgement of the one whose impute has brought you this far. So, there are many slow songs that are not worship. Many. Because in this song, there is no acknowledgement of anything. Kete kete We now sing it very slow. Who are you acknowledging kete kete? That's not worship. I don't blow. I don't am a God. Nah, you okay? Maybe that will acknowledge God. <laughs> worship is not slow song. It's a roundup this morning, Acts chapter thirteen and verse two. The Bible says, "As they ministered to the Lord and fasted." Let's have it. Acts thirteen and verse two. Acts chapter thirteen and verse two. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost did what? Said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. 
So if they had not ministered, another word for worship is ministering to the Lord. So it means the focus, when you're worshiping God, the focus is on God. Am I making sense? So it says when they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. So it's not that God, you see, let me put it this way. What fasting and worship, what it does is that it makes your spirits more sensitive to hear what God is saying. And the easiest route to worship, right, and making your spirit sensitive is praying in tongues and number two, singing. And number two, singing. So anytime we come together as a church and we say, oh, we're dedicating maybe a day, the first Sunday of the month, or maybe a particular service, and we say, oh, we're dedicating it to praises, we're dedicating it to worship. It's not just be body. Ah! I'm a sweat lady. We sweat in church. I will show my dance step. It's more than that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's more than that. It's more than that. Every time you do that, you activate your spirit man to pick the signals of heaven. And see, we can't, you see, one of the ways you know a baby is growing is that the baby is able to recognize the voice of the people around him or her or, around, or the voice of the parents. So a five-year-old, a month-old baby, it does not really know the name. It's just responding to signals and sound. I hear what I'm saying? But a baby grows to a certain age where it can recognize voices. Some of us, you have not spoken to your parents in a while. If they call you now, you recognize their voice. No matter how much they try to change their voice. Why? Because you have grown. That faculty of you, right, of your life, right, of your development has matured to the point where you can pick that voice. If you are not hearing God, it's not God that is not speaking. It's your maturity level that is not allowing you to hear him. Because God is your father and every responsible father speaks to their children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts.